Hello you guys, this is D-Lo here with another episode of D-Lo Discussions. I am the host of this podcast and today I wanted us to be able to speak about where do broken hearts go? And before we get that started, um, I just want to speak a little bit about what's been going on in my life, um, why I haven't been recording any podcast episodes why haven't I, you know, made any podcast episodes in a good minute? Um, honestly, I've been super busy. I've been moving state to state, working. Um, if you guys don't know, I really do move a lot when it comes to my job. Um, right now, I'm currently in New York. So for my New York listeners, like, definitely um, hit me up, DM me, discussions on Instagram, let me know some cool things to do out here, um, but yeah, I'm doing, you know, fine, I'm fine, I'm good, I'm Gucci, um, but there's gonna be a familiar voice that you guys are not gonna be able to hear in this podcast episode, my co-host, Java, my best friend, um, for those who are new listening, my, me and my best friend, we host this uh, podcast together. Um, she's my co-host. She makes herself available from when she can, you guys. And we very much do respect you guys bearing with us as this podcast grow. So let's get into the topics. So where do broken hearts go? Um, we are in a time where it's cuffing season, you know, it's getting cold, you know, it's the fall, everybody is trying to get booed up, everybody trying to stay warm, everybody trying to find a boo to take home for Thanksgiving and Christmas, and a lot of us don't, don't have one <laughs> to take home. I know my family is gonna be mad confused, but... You know, I'm going to be dodging all them questions and I'm going to be talking about, you know, I ain't pregnant, y'all. Ain't God good. But, anywho, so because this topic is very serious to me, um, because not only do we all experience breakups, but it hits different, you know, because it's a person-to-person connection that, you know... You agree to be vulnerable enough with that person to have that connection, that intimacy, that vulnerability, you know, it sucks. And so I kind of wanted to give some tips, just some things that some habits that I have been enforcing in my life because I have recently became a part of the single team, which I mean, hasn't been bad and isn't necessarily a bad thing. Um, just some things that I have been learning uh, on my journey so far um, and also just some things that I've been learning just about life in general to be honest so um, one topic I wanted to talk about is acknowledging your feelings and your thoughts and your behaviors after a breakup some of us can find ourselves in a stagnant place not knowing what to do what you know how to think, how to move on, how to honestly tell yourself apart from the relationship because a lot of us, uh, we get into relationships and 
we become, you know, one in a way with that person. We we become, you know, we intertwine our life with somebody else's on a daily basis. Um, and that's not wrong, you know, and that's totally fine. But, you know, hearts get broken, you know, and it's a normalized thing. But when it comes to acknowledging your feelings, your thoughts, and your behaviors behind a breakup, you should really um, dissect your feelings afterwards. How do you feel after the after the breakup? What are your thoughts? Um, think about your behavior, um, because a lot of us can fall into a depression that we don't even realize. Like, for instance, I found myself leaving clothes on the floor, and that's not something that I usually do. Like, I don't, you know, really just... I, I'm not just the tidiest person in the world, but I don't, you know, just leave my clothes just on the floor and leave things, you know, where they don't belong. Um, and I realized that I was seeing myself um, having to constantly clean up more than usual because I was being I was feeling, you know, symptoms of depression and feeling um Feeling as, you know, feeling drained, feeling like emotionally drained, mentally drained, physically drained. And it could be like I was doing, you know, whatever I wanted to do within that day, but I was still feeling um, drained or just not really feeling upbeat, not feeling like my usual self. And I had to acknowledge that and I had to think, you know, through my thoughts, okay, why am I doing this, you know, through my behavior? Why am I doing this? Like, this ain't even me. I don't really do this. So why am I, you know, behaving this way? Why am I feeling this way? Why are my thoughts the way they are? And you really do have to acknowledge all of that. Because when you're heartbroken, sometimes we go into a stage of grief. And, you know, rightfully so. But overall, you know, you you just really do have to acknowledge your feelings, your thoughts, and your behaviors, and understand that they are all connected. Um, so even in it being connected, we can even feel like, oh, my life is just going completely out of whack, and it's mainly because you are acknowledging things that you didn't before. A lot of times, when you're, when you know, you go through a breakup, you're. By yourself, you're, you're you're seeing things that that you didn't see before. Um, I know for me, through the ending stages of what I was going through, I was already having symptoms of depression, where I was not being as tidy as I usually would be. I didn't have much of an appetite. I didn't really eat much, um, and that uh, I know for me it came from me just stressing and me being worried and me. You know, just not feeling like my usual self. Um, and I actually haven't told you guys, but I've actually been taking therapy. And so I've been learning um, this technique. It's a CBT, is Cognitive Behavior Therapy, where it acknowledges your feelings and your thoughts and your behaviors being all connected. So... I really do catch myself whenever I'm feeling some kind of way. And I think about, okay, if I could, I could be feeling sad and I'll be like, okay, why am I feeling sad? And it's going to link to whatever. And then I'm going to be like, okay, and it's going to make me behave this certain way. I have the option to not 
behave that way because of my feelings and thoughts validating, you know, what's going on with me. But you really do have to understand when valid when validation is negative and positive because there is validation that can be negative. Like for instance, feeling sad and some of my thoughts is, you know, F, F, do you know that person? And so therefore, my behavior, I'm going to go do this and that. I'm going to go, you know, do something negative. Because whenever you have your thoughts and your feelings and your behaviors connected and it's uh, validated in a, ne- in a negative way, you can't have anything positive. You can't even have it where it's like you're feeling happy, but then your thoughts are negative and then your behavior is negative as well that's not real and so you have to really understand um the 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 acknowledgement of your feelings and your thoughts and your behaviors when you're feeling negative and or when you're thinking negative and when you're behaving negative you have to understand that it is a connection and that you need to decide on uh, and you really need to think on because uh, everything is a decision at the end of the day you need to decide on um, whether you're gonna whether this validation of your feelings and thoughts and behavior is positive or negative, and one thing about validation and cognitive behavior therapy is that it's real, and whatever you're feeling, whatever your thoughts are, whatever your behavior it is that you're ex- expressing, don't push it away, because a lot of people will push away. The negative um, connection, I'm going to just say, with your feelings and thoughts and behaviors, a lot of people will um, will take away what they're feeling and completely make themselves numb because they know that what they're feeling is negative. And a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want no negative energy around me. But when it's your energy, you really do have to deal with it. And I know that's easier said than done, but honestly, you know, this podcast is to help, you know, it's a self-help podcast. And I really do uh, let y'all know what I what I do as far as um, me trying to reach my highest of me trying to reach my higher uh, self-care, self-love journey. Um, and so for me, I don't push away, you know, the negative validation. Now, yes, it is a decision whether you want whether you want to um, completely validate and your feelings, your thoughts, and your behaviors negative negatively with the validation or positively whichever that you are feeling and that you are expressing. Um, I do feel like you should feel it, but you should you should feel it, but you shouldn't act on it honestly. Because the thing about karma, let's talk about karma, y'all. Because, you know, sometimes our heart gets broken because we're in karmatic, karmatic relationships. And so, therefore, whenever we are feeling these negative validations of, you know, something could feel right. Whether somebody cheat on you or somebody make you look goofy or you see that you put in all that you could within a relationship and the person didn't and the outcome is you being heartbroken and it's seeming like the person is living their best life um you can't validate the negativity that you may be feeling 
even when it may feel good, because some negative things feel good, you know, like, you know, I don't know who has ever done this. I personally haven't, but I've seen girls where they've been heartbroken. And so they were feeling betrayed. Um, And so their thoughts went into, oh, I'm going to I'm thinking about going to go do this and that to their car, to their place, to the to the guy or the girl's next relationship. And so they behave a certain way. And honestly, that's playing a role in your karma. You know, whether you agree with that or not, you can, you know, bring karma upon yourself by just doing negative things that, you know, you really don't have to do because nobody makes you do those things. That person that may have hurt you didn't make, you know, didn't make you, you know, react the way that you did in this sense of, you know, doing something at somebody's property or doing something to tarnish the next relationship that they're in, you know, because we all have free will. Nobody makes you do anything that, you know, you don't want to do or that you shouldn't do, or that you want to do, you know, that's real. And so, um, whenever it comes to the negative validation, I know for myself, what I have been doing is honestly just praying. I've been praying. And if you're not somebody that pray, that's fine. Meditate. And if you're not somebody that meditate, write down how you feel, you know, writing down how you feel can really help you because then when you write it down, you can also write how you're going to get out of those emotions, how you're going to get out of that thought, you know, because a lot of, of us could even feel suicidal after a breakup. And, you know, you need to write down all those emotions and then write out, you know, the effect that you are going to have, you know, because no matter what in life, in order for us to progress and improve, we have to choose the things that are going to make us stronger. And the things that's going to make us stronger are the most positive things in life. You know, whenever people are negative minded or they're, you know, they're full with negativity, they're not strong. They're weak, you know. And sometimes we can all reach a weakness, you know, point in our life. And as long as you acknowledge that, hey, I'm weak in this area, Find out how you, how you can make that a strength, though. Not, you know, exactly the action, but how you can turn that action into, instead of acting this way, I'm going to act this way instead. That's positive. Um, and another topic I wanted to talk about was setting future, you know, boundaries as well. Because the big umbrella is the um, is the feelings, thoughts, and behaviors after when our heart is broken, you need to set future boundaries, expectations, and regulations. And I'm not saying that, like, you need to be policing, you know, uh, possible um, relationships or possible situationships because, you know, to each his own. Um, But I do think that you should set future boundaries, whether it's, okay, I'm not going to do X, Y, and G, X, Y, and Z until, you know, I've reached this point in time with this person instead and set expectations, you know, that you didn't have within your last relationship. And it's not that, you know, you didn't have those expectations. Sometimes we have to learn expectations through people pushing it, you know, and or people, you know, not giving us the validation that, you know, expectations 
You know, it's something that you learn that you need through dealing with a whole different being, you know. Uh, because we look at movies a lot and we think that that's the way relationships go. And really, throughout a relationship, you learn boundaries that need to be set. You learn expectations that need to be made. You learn regulations that, you know, you have to live by and the other person have to live by and not be this confusion of, you know, events, you know, that could possibly happen. And I'm being so for real, you know. Within the next relationship that uh, you guys get in that are, you know, single or even those of you that are in relationships right now, uh, realize that in those relationships, you set boundaries, whether you've been with that person a year or not, you know, you don't you don't have to realize that a boundary needed to be set in the beginning and then later on down the line you feel like you can't set set that boundary because you've had all this time with that with that person without that boundary or without that expectation or without that regulation whatever you feel like you want to bring into the relationship bring it because it doesn't matter at what time you know because we all are growing and whenever you are in a relationship you are growing you are growing mentally and emotionally because the strong you know the bond is supposed to be getting stronger but also it's it's points where you know it is getting stronger but it's also points where you know you're going to argue where you're going to have weak points where you need to set boundaries of okay when we have this weak point in our relationship where there is communication or uh finances or fairness or whatever set those boundaries, set those expectations, set those regulations. And in that, realize your triggers because uh, that's another thing. When you're in a relationship, you don't have to know what your triggers are at the very beginning because sometimes you learn you know, a little bit more about yourself through somebody else experiencing you. And when you are in a relationship with somebody, and it doesn't have to be, you know, the quote-unquote the one for you to realize your triggers through somebody because I know that was an issue that I had where I realized some triggers in in myself through the relationship that I I have been in before and I didn't feel like I had to justify those triggers because I've been with the person for so long that they were gonna be confused on why these certain things have became or were a trigger all along without me actually knowing that they were, you know? That ties along with the um, boundaries, expectations, and regulations. Uh, Whenever you're in a relationship, whether you were with somebody five years in and you realize a trigger that you do have, you know, don't be afraid to to speak up about it, you know, to that person. And it's not to interrogate them or make the relationship harder harder on them because at the end of the day, you know, when it is somebody that genuinely do love you and do want to see you improve and do want to see the relationship progress into a positive light where you guys are connected with positive energy, they're going to realize changes within you, whether it is boundaries or expectations or regulations or triggers. And it's not for them to bring that up. It's for you. And... That's real. And so on to the next topic, I really did wanted to talk about 
self-care because self-care is the best care regardless of what anybody says self-care is the best care that you can have because we all have to use self-preservation when we are living in a world where other people are involved in our life and especially in a relationship where somebody's involved in your daily life or even if it is just you know distant you know they're still in your life daily because I'm pretty sure you're communicating you're talking each day FaceTime and Skype whatever you know you guys do make sure that you are um, implementing self-care and um, self-care doesn't just have to be material materialistic where you're getting your nails done or buying yourself some shoes or you know, doing your makeup or anything like that. It could just be simply, you know, when your heart is broken, this is the whole thing that we're talking about. You could be simply for self-care, um, apologizing to yourself where, you know, you tell yourself, I'm sorry for not bringing up those triggers. I'm sorry for not bringing up boundaries to myself. I'm sorry for not setting those expectations because, um, a lot of my listeners, I believe you guys are spiritually tapped in. So I'm going to talk a little bit about spirituality when it comes to a breakup. When you apologize to yourself, you're doing um, shadow work. And shadow work is because um, uh, a lot of people really don't even know what shadow work is. Shadow work is honestly just being vulnerable with yourself outside of people. You're being vulnerable with yourself about how you're feeling, your emotions and your behavior and situations and traumas and boundaries and expectations. You're doing shadow work in the sense of dissecting um, your mind, honestly. That's what shadow work is. And so because shadow work do play a part in self-care, um, you should apologize to yourself. I, for instance, for example have written myself an apology letter because in a lot of relationships that fail, whether it's your fault or the person's fault, you know, an apology is needed, you know, to have closure. It's, you know, closure is not that thing where you have sex for the last time or you kiss for the last time, you know, anything like that. That's not closure, y'all. So don't go out here saying I'm looking for closure when you're really looking for the last, you know, um, closure is honestly just the apology of I'm sorry that I've treated you like this. And, you know, I hope that somebody can treat you better. That's closure. Um, and sometimes you don't get that from people. And that's okay. And it's not, you know, because you you're not worth the time to apologize, you know. It's not, you know, exactly on you, you know. Or, you know, if you feel like you are too traumatized by a situation that you don't want to apologize to the person that, you know, had done had done you wrong or, or you know, they've done you wrong or you've done them wrong or whatever, you know, apologize to yourself because at the end of the day, you know, you were the one who allowed yourself to act negatively or positively to that person. And it's okay. And you need to apologize to yourself. Now, it's not okay to be hurting people and stuff like that. But it's okay to apologize to yourself for hurting somebody. Because, you know, you could hurt somebody and honestly realize that, like, I really shouldn't have done that to that person. 
um, you know, later on down the line, you will realize that I shouldn't have done that. And apologizing to yourself beforehand really do give yourself some grace uh, to be able to move on. And don't think that you're ever going to get over a situation, especially when it's been a relationship that uh, you were in for a while where the connection was so strong and so vivid that you could see, you know, marriage down the line, you know, it's okay, you know. And, you know, you just you just have to apologize to yourself because, you know, sometimes people won't give you that apology. And when people do give you that apology, I still feel like you should apologize to yourself because you have to accept somebody into your life for them to be there authentically. You have to apologize to yourself. So with the next thing I wanted to kind of talk about was being in your solitude, like it's nice to have friends around uh, to help you cope in grief, but a part of that shadow work is being in your solitude, you know? It's really just, and being in your solitude could simply just be you doing activities alone or even doing activities you and the uh, previous or whatever uh, significant other had done, you know, making it your own thing that you could still have fun with, that you could still laugh at, that you could still enjoy. Um, or even just doing it with friends too, which could be super fun. Um, and being in your solitude could simply just be pleasuring yourself, not going on a rampage where, oh, I'm single, so I'm going to be, you know, having sex and not being committed because my heart is still broken. I honestly don't think that you should share your body with people that you don't see yourself with long term. But if you if you honestly know how to deal with people in doing that, go for it. But I honestly don't think that it's okay just for the spiritual aspect of giving your body to somebody that you don't see, you know, longevity with, you know? And that's just simply because um, sharing your body with somebody that you don't see longevity with doesn't deserve your body. They don't. Or they're not worthy of your body. They don't care about how they, how, how they treat your body because you don't even see longevity with that person. So why should they? you know, care about how they treat you or your body or how they even treat you as a person or even how they see you as a person. And if you're that kind of person, but I don't care how, how, you know, people see me. I don't care how people treat me because I got me, you know, things like that. You know, eventually you will, you know, whether you like it or not, eventually you will care about how people treat you when the more closer you get to God you will care about how people see you because you will want people to see you the way God see you, which is full of light and positivity. And so with that, you should do hobbies that you've done, you know, and that goes along with uh activities, like do hobbies that you you done before you were even in the relationship, you know, um, and I also feel like you should take pictures of yourself afterwards just to find an appreciation of who you are on the outside as well as on the inside. When you do your shadow work for who you are on the inside, you should also do shadow work on who you are on the outside because 
whether whether you don't whether you see yourself never get into a relationship again or you do, you know, the first thing that people do see is who you are on the outside. And you have to fall in love with that. You have to bring value to that. You have to acknowledge that before anybody else can. You know, that will help you from future heartbreak anyway. Just really finding appreciation of, you know, who you are in this world. Because who you are in this world is who you are on the outside. Because the world don't ever know who you are on the inside, you know, initially. So, yeah, just really, really, like, I really do think that you should take pictures, pictures of yourself. Uh, do activities alone. Get back into the hobbies you got into in the in the uh, in, without the relationship. And um, another thing I wanted to speak on uh, about solitude is uh, learn how to be single again. Because you know when you have been a re- in a relationship, you have this routine that isn't just about you. It's about a whole other person. And I really be able to move on because it's really hard to move on because you don't know where to start. And I think the first start is, you know, getting used to a single routine, uh, which is initially getting your life together after a breakup. You got to get your life together. You got to get your single routine going. And that's just simply just, you know, doing whatever you got to do to take care of you and to make sure that you still are moving forward in life. Whether that's, you know, after a breakup, you um, you honestly just, you know, taking care of yourself. You're cooking single meals. You're cleaning up your space. You're um, hanging out with friends. You're, um, you know, just doing single people things. You're going out to eat alone. You're you know, doing things like that. And I know at first it can be very scary to think about, oh my God, I got to do, you know, things by myself. I got to, you know, take care of myself, especially for women. I got to take out my own trash. I got to, you know, wash my own car. I got to, you know, this and that. Whether you have, you know, family in your life or friends that are guys that would do those things for you, that's cool. But you also have to get into a single routine because you can't keep that same routine going that you had within that relationship because then you're going to think that you have to replace that person with somebody else because of the routine. And that's never the answer. That's never the answer. Um, Jumping into a relationship after a failed relationship is never it because you're going to carry on all of that energy from the previous into the next. Whether this guy is a way better guy, whether this girl is a way better girl, whether um, they are a way better person than who you were with previously, um, you will still have resentment, trust issues, things like that. And everybody should be offered a clean slate when they haven't dealt with you before. You know, you shouldn't go into a relationship with trust issues. You shouldn't go into a a relationship with trauma uh, from previous relationships. You should not go into a relationship, you know, not being actually balanced with peace, you know, and wellness in your life. You should not. It's just not good. It's literally, um, it's literally like, what is a good analogy? It's like sleeping with makeup on and then waking up thinking that, oh, you don't have to 
you know, go and put a fresh face on. Because you do. You got to give that person a whole clean slate where you got to be able to trust them. You got to be able to love them, you know, and not see, oh, he could possibly be on this and that because my ex was on this and that. Oh, he got all these similarities, these all these similarities as my ex. So therefore, I'm going to feel like this and my thoughts are going to be like this. So I'm going to behave like that because as humans, we really do. We really do behave with a cognitive behavior um, where our we could be feeling a, a, a way. And so we'd be having thoughts that correlate, that connect with our feelings. And then we have uh, thoughts that connect with the behavior that validates the whole thing. But it could be a negative validation, like I said earlier. So, yeah, just get into a single routine Get your life together. Get your single life together. And the next thing I wanted to speak about um, that's going to go along with the solitude part is journaling. Uh, I kind of spoke about journaling a little bit earlier, but um, with journaling, I believe you should write down the weaknesses in your previous relationship and the strengths within your, your previous relationships. And those weaknesses can be as simple as the person not putting down the toilet seat. Or for men, uh, the, the, the lady not um, not being loyal to you. You know, whatever the situation may be. Um, just journaling out those things so that you know uh, within the next relationship, if you even see it fit that way because, you know, it do take time for you to even be able to see how you could be happy with somebody else or just how you could be happy in general, you know, again, with even trying, you know, with a whole new person, uh, just writing down those weaknesses within the previous relationship and the strengths and the strengths could be, you know, good things like, Oh, the person did take out my trash. That was nice. Or for the woman, oh, she did cook for me. You know, and even in that, you can get so detailed where you journal all the meals that you liked, you know. So then when you go into your next relationship, it's not that you're carrying on the previous into the next. It's that you can be able to help the person, you know, further know the things that you like in relationships. Because a lot of people don't talk about you know, with each other or, pre, you know, people that could be potential partners, you know, what do you like in relationships? What don't you like in relationships? That's something that you guys should probably be asking people that could be potential partners, asking them, you know, um, even, hey, what is your weaknesses in relationships? What is your strengths in, in relationships? Uh, what are some things that you like to see within, uh, you know, uh, relationships, uh, you know, it just gives the person a better perspective of who you are and what you see as a positive, fulfilling relationship, because not everybody see the same thing. And that's a lot of times why our hearts get broken. So I also wanted just to graze over um, ideal partners from the previous, because I kind of did speak about, you know, um, it's just a little bit, but I wanted to graze over um, writing down um, 
what is, what does your ideal partner look like? And it doesn't just have to be physically, but because you know, a, a good looking person does not equal a great relationship. You know, it's nice to have a cute face, a nice body next to you, but it's not always gonna be the best one out there. You know. And if it is, you know, that's nice. If it ain't, you know, love is real regardless. Um, but writing down what the ideal partner characteristics are that complement yours so that you could see how comfortable you could be with somebody because their characteristics would complement yours, whether it's similar or it's like, Oh, you know, my my characteristic is like this, but theirs is like that. So it's going to help me be able to da-da-da-da-da. So with that, I believe that you should um, write down your ideal partner from the previous, like, for example, with me, I have written out some characteristics that um, previous partners with an S have had and... I wrote the opposite for what my ideal partner would would um, be like. And, you know, that's, that's a really good thing to do so that you can kind of know what you need to be on the lookout for and what you need to be um, seeing, you know, if somebody have those qualities that you need within a partner. Um, and I wanted to get into, we are always dating greater than the ex, okay? And that's not, oh, that's not me saying, oh, you you should uh, make sure that your man or your woman look better than who your ex is settling for. No, I'm saying you should always, when it comes to your uh, future partner, whether it's a man, woman, or somebody that don't identify themselves as men or woman, um, make sure that their qualities are better than the qualities that you that you were dealing with with your ex. That goes along with the ideal partner and the previous um, partner. Um, And so I know that was a whole lot for you guys, but I really do hope that you guys do enjoy this podcast episode of D-Lo Discussions. Um, I wanted to talk about just something like my magic hour for this week what have to be I have went through my midterms if y'all didn't know I am a college student my major is social work I'll go to Euler that is University of Arkansas at Little Rock um yeah that's my magic hour and also just being able to be in New York right now it's it's a good opportunity to be able to travel especially when your job you know it's supplying, you know, the uh, care of a hotel and a car and the plane, you know. Uh, um, it's really, really nice. So that's my magic hour. Um, feel free to send me you guys' magic hour um, on my Instagram. That's dlo.discussions. Um, I do actually reach out back to you guys, the few that actually have. So, you know, we are a community. We are a tribe of people that are all about self-care and spirituality. Uh, And my bop of the week, it's an old song, but it's Roster by Jasmine Sullivan. Not in the sense of, y'all, don't listen to the song. But please, don't go out here if you just got out of relationship and you're not healed don't be out here trying to create a roster of men i just like to entertain 
the music aspect because physically I'm not gonna go do it you know what I mean so we gotta live a little bit through the music of you know a little fantasy here and there which you know it's okay to fantasize so um yeah thank you guys for tuning in to this uh podcast episode where do broken hearts go um and tune in next week for a new podcast episode bye